We are back here on the BIA College Football Podcast. I'm Hugie. That's Philly Phil. Uh, happy to be alive. I'm happy to have woken up this morning. I'm happy that get to see another day. I'm uh, not happy with um, the Cotton Bowl results. Not happy. Uh, every time I see the number three, I think about the fact that we only put up three points. Um, but uh, Phil, you know, I'll toss it over yeah. to you. You seem, you seem like you're in a better mood. Debbie Downer. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we back. Ohio State is back. We got players coming back. Silver Bullets are back. QBU is back. <laughs> Crown them. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I am excited. Yeah, obviously, we're going to start with uh, our Ohio State's last football game, and that's going to be much less exciting. I think even though, as a Mizzou fan, it's not wasn't an exciting game, but um, but I think there's a lot to be excited about, at least today. Um, on the 5th, as we're recording the 5th of January 2024, um, there wasn't as much to be excited about, you know, five days ago as there is today. So I'm just going to recognize the fact that we're in a better position as a program today than we were um, at the end of 2023. So let's get to it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the Cotton Bowl. Mizzou wins. Who? 14 to 3. They beat the Buckeyes. Arguably their biggest win in program history. Devin Brown started. The person that a lot of people crowned, a lot of people wanted to see Mm. since McCord transferred to Syracuse. I heard that he was actually the better quarterback all year. That's what I heard. Hey, um... But I think you had said something in the last episode. We're not going to dwell on the past. We're going to focus on people who are still on the roster. And Devin Brown is still on the roster. He burned the boats before the game with his tweet. We mentioned that last episode. And he was injured by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I hope he had a, a lifesaver that he held on to. He might have burned the boats, but hopefully he kept a little a little lifesaver uh, to, to keep afloat because he was drowning out there uh, even in three drives. The, the one thing I would say just to encapsulate the game as a whole, it was this. Our offensive line was bad. Our defense was good up until the fourth quarter because they could not basically get off the field and the offense couldn't uh, have any, didn't have any long drives to support and to balance out the team in the game. And so, therefore, they gave up some touch, some late touchdowns, and it is what it is. Lincoln Kineholtz did what he could do. He had three good looks, <laughs> and he had three completions. And that's the crazy thing about it. A true freshman quarterback comes in, five-star recruit, did what he could to with what, with what he had. Um, but, yeah, three points, bro, is not going to get it done. I mean – it's not. It's just not going to get it done. So, uh, you know, there's talks about what happened with the offensive line. Carson Hensman going on a podcast uh, and basically, you know, saying some things that talking about NIL, talking about the practices and, and how many practices they had before the game and how many they didn't have before the game. I mean, it all comes down to, 
you know, what what's going to happen in the offseason. We're going to get to that. But what are your thoughts about the Cotton Bowl, Phil? Well, you know, fans at Florida State have told us this is just an ex- exhibition game. These bowl games, <laughs> these bowl games don't matter, okay? So if it don't matter to get beat by 60 points, it damn sure don't matter to be beat by 11 points. I think that, um, I mean, while, while I am a, a, being a hater to FSU fans, there is some truth to it that, you know, when you're coming into this game, that there is not, you're not playing for that much. If you're Devin Brown, you're playing for something for sure. You're playing for the confidence in both the coaching staff and, and the fan base that you are the leader of this team for next year. <clears throat> um, and obviously he didn't play, I guess, good or bad, uh, but he didn't play very long. And unfortunately, it's not his first injury. And so it does begin to bring up the question about whether or not he'll continue to be injury prone throughout his career, which is, you know, unfortunate part for some players. The game itself was um, was boring. I was excited. I got excited. You know, we have the letdown of the Michigan loss. We have the letdown of the committee, um, though we weren't really expecting to get in. But, you know, we still have we still got had to watch it and then just to be disappointed uh, again. So you have that lull in between that and the actual game where you start to get excited because you realize, hey, this offense is going to have a chance to show you what they're, what to look forward to next year, right? And so it's like, hey, this could be exciting. We're going to see some guys play that we haven't yet, and that'll give us something to look forward to the way we have the last couple of years um, in the Rose Bowl victory uh, as well as the um, – the loss against Georgia, right? Where you have something to look forward to, some some performance that makes you say next year will be better. And it was the opposite. This was terrible. It was just like, there was really little to to be excited about. The defense, as you mentioned, played well, scoreless for the first three quarters, gave up 14 in the fourth. I think that there is, you know, some growing concern about our defense not getting the biggest stops in the game. Uh, and that, you know, same way in, in Michigan, um, that it is like they do play well throughout the whole game, but it does matter to get those stops when you absolutely have to have them. And to your point, you can definitely blame some of that on fatigue uh, and, and having to be on the field at the same time. That's like the money down, the money drive. The same way if you were a quarterback, you couldn't say, hey, I played great the first three quarters. Sorry, I didn't, you know, lead a scoring drive at the end of the game, but, you know, pat me on the back for the first three quarters. It's not how it works for the for the quarterback, right? I think the same way, it's not really how it works for the defense. So that is something that's a little bit um, concerning. But, you know, passing passing defense-wise, they only had 128 yards, and somehow we had fewer <laughs> than they did. So, um, yeah, def- definitely just like a overall bummer of a game. Not a lot. To, not a lot to look forward to. I'm not going to be too hard on the team just because, again, you know, we don't know all of their motivations for playing. It did seem like they were excited for it, but you know, that didn't really translate to anything. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of forgetting about the game. I think it'll be a game that nobody's talking about, um, you know, next year except SEC fans who want to point out, you know, another loss that Ohio State has to an SEC school, which obviously they get to do that. But other than that, I think this game actually has very little relevance moving forward besides it being the game that lost Devin Brown, the starting job. at Ohio State. <laughs> Well, I would, I do want to touch on the injury though. Remember when he got injured 
and the broadcast did not do a great job. They said that his he was injured, um, and either it was either they I believe they said the Wisconsin or the Purdue game. I think it was the Purdue game. He didn't even play the Wisconsin game, so I'm like, why are they? Why, you know. So, anyways, he got injured in the Penn State game. If I, if my memory, um, if if I'm remembering this correctly, wasn't he carted off at during that injury? Um, I can't remember who's. I know he was like writhing in pain like yeah. it was a bad injury he was bent over you just see the replay and just like through his helmet you could see his mouth agape uh crying out he was i believe he got carted off and we didn't see Devin brown for the rest of the season on the field that i can remember even when we got we were up big against michigan state at home lincoln kineholtz came in uh i'm saying this to say like the one of the most disappointing things in that game Albeit, like you said, eventually it's not. It's going to be a non-factor as you move forward. It's going to be a blip on the radar of Ohio State football. But it was just, I think, the lack of preparation for even our third stringer. But at this point, you know, he was our third stringer all along in the season. He's our backup. This is football. You could possibly get hurt. It just was very unusual that he was not. It did seem like he wasn't as prepared as, even though he's a true freshman, I just thought that he would be a little bit more prepared. Now, to again, like I said before, though, um, didn't have any time to throw. He barely had any time, and we had we moved Matt Jones to center. We had a right guard that was just not good. Like he kept on getting beat. We had free rushers. Uh, <laughs> getting in there bro i'm like man you know sometimes i watch football i'm like man i wish this was a play i could get in on because it just seems like it's easy if i was that person i could make that play and they were making sack after sack because our the just the 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 uh the pass protection wasn't there um but i'm with you it's going to be a blip on the screen and uh, hopefully we can get as many guys that are going to be coming back, I would say, especially on defense, get our offensive line together and um, talk about, you know, I know we're, that now we're going to talk about a few guys that are going to be coming in, some people who have left and what the outlook is for the offseason. So um, as of as you said, we are recording as of Friday, January 5th and on Thursday. January 4th, in the evening time, Will Howard announced that he is coming to Columbus. He's coming to Columbus not to work as a insurance salesman. He is coming to Columbus to play quarterback at The Ohio State University. What were your thoughts when you first saw that Will Howard is coming to Ohio State, Phil? Out to friend of the pod, Brandon. Um, uh, fellow Ohio State alum who FaceTimed me uh, to tell me I was with my daughter <laughs> sitting on the couch and he FaceTimed me to let me know that we got him, you know, uh, not uh, Saddam Hussein, but we got Quill Howard. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that was uh, that was exciting. Um, I had already <laughs> I had already started to buy into the to the hype. You know, I watched a, a five minute uh, highlight video and um I, I'm bought into this belief 
that he is going to be as good as Kyle McCord was as a passer of the football, but he also has a, a, a real threat running the football. And I say that because I've seen him run to the outside. I've seen him scramble and run. I've seen him also take direct QB power runs, you know, around the goal line. Ohio State struggled so much in for the for the full season in short yardage plays. And, you know, obviously that's partially because of the offensive line, but having a quarterback who can actually do it. And when we saw Kyle McCord try, even it was it was bad. So um I'm excited because I think that a lot of the hype around the off around Devin Brown, honestly, sorry to keep knocking on a boy DB, <laughs> hashtag burn the boats. They said that man was going to be the, the white Vic, and he wasn't. He was he was not a dynamic runner at all. And so I've seen enough of Will Howard's highlights to say this guy actually brings a different dimension legitimately to the offense. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the fact this guy has experience. And so the way that Devin Brown, even when he was in there for those first two drives, looked, the way that Lincoln Kineholz looked, they looked like the lights were too bright. And fair, it was their first start or first start and first playing for both of them. Like, it makes sense, but you're talking about a Will Howard who has obviously never played at a, at a school like Ohio State, but he has played for his comp, played and won a conference championship game. Like he has played in big games, and that experience is invaluable. So I'm excited for that experience and for that legitimate second dimension to the offense, particularly an offense that has a struggling offensive line. So they need somebody who can scramble and they need somebody who can get short yardage as that's been a, a struggle for us. So I think it, I'm excited. I don't see there's any, I don't see how you can be negative about this addition. Even if you're not believing that he's somehow a Heisman caliber quarterback at this point, that's fine. But you've got to think he is uh, an upgrade to, well, to Kyle. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> you say you can't really see a negative. Well, listen to a few podcasts um name dropping here man name dropping tom fernelli tom fernelli doesn't mm. think that this is an upgrade how how do you how do you see you know the the basically some of the rhetoric out there that basically this is a a ladder a, a lateral move that this is not an upgrade um that Kyle had better numbers than than Will Howard. I mean, Will Howard didn't have Marvin Harrison Jr. on his team. Um, Will Howard also had rushing yards and rushing touchdowns too. I mean, if you want to compare passing yards, so there were some plays where <clears throat> he didn't. He may not have passed the ball. He did uh, get a run. It. I, there's one highlight that I liked. Um, my favorite highlight of him since Buckeye fans have been looking at highlights of Will Howard since you know the thought of us having Will Howard uh, was mm-hmm. feasible. It's the run where he was. He's uh, basically playing Texas. I believe it was like a read option, and he runs through the secondary, past DBs against the Texas team that was in the playoff. <laughs> yeah, he outruns them. He outruns them to the goal line. Catch him. You assume you yeah. assume that he's going to get caught. They're like the angle is right there. Like, okay, he's going to make it to like the fifteen. Okay, the ten. Okay, the five. And it's like he somehow gets all the way to the pylon. Yes. Yeah. And I and and to me, I just feel like you know he, Ryan Day. One of the things that people have said, you know, come out and said since they've seen Justin Fields, 
in the NFL is that Ryan Day told Justin Fields not to run. Ryan Day can't tell Will Howard not to run because we're going to need that threat. I think he's – I hope at least Ryan Day is finally seeing that we need that as a possibility, that the defense doesn't know if the quarterback um, will be a run threat or not. Um, and so, yeah, but anyways, what's your – going back to the original question, what's your thoughts about McCord versus Howard and just sort of like the 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 attitude of, you know, this is not any better for Buckeye fans or for Buckeye Nation. Yeah, I think that. So I, the first step, first thing you would say is looking at, as you mentioned, Marvin Harrison Jr. We don't have him either, but in terms of having elite weapons, we don't know yet. That we don't know yet. Holding out hope, man. I'm holding out hope. I'm holding no, out hope. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Marvin Harrison is gone, but I think that. Um, Obviously, we still have a lot of talented receivers that the quarterback can throw to. So Kyle McCord had better numbers with better weapons. Um, so if you're being positive, you can say we can expect Will Howard to raise his level of play um, by having better talent to throw to um, and having really good talent at the running back position as well to be able to not be completely one-dimensional. Not that he didn't. Kansas State in his years there, he's had some good good running backs as well. But the fact that he'll have talent everywhere around him is something that made Kyle McCord better and something that will make Will Howard better. I, I, I just think that even if you were to say, I don't believe that, and you say like, no, that's not going to be true. He's just, he's not that guy. Your boy Tom Vernelli said that, you know, Will Howard. Not my boy. Don't say Tom is my boy. Tom is definitely <laughs> <boy>. not my boy. <laughs> <laughs> you they if you believe Will Howard is just going to be a, a thinking dumper like that's that's fine. He I mean Kamal Court had better if you look at the stats Kamal Court has better passing stats pretty much around on the board in terms of yardage in terms of uh, completion percentage touchdown passes they actually were equal but as you mentioned that uh, yeah they both had twenty four touchdown passes it's just that Kamal Court has six interceptions and Will Howard had ten so to me that says that Will Howard probably is going to be a little more risky then then again Ryan Day's quarterbacks don't really throw picks like that's just Justin Fields didn't throw a lot of picks uh Stroud didn't throw a lot of picks and even Kyle McCord who was the worst OSU quarterback in the last 10 years still didn't throw a lot of picks so I don't think the system is really designed to be like very risky in terms of passing the ball uh so I, I think that'll come down a little bit but even if it didn't the rushing touchdowns and the rushing threat again I just can't I can't trust enough that is going to be such a big factor, especially when you have a question mark at the offensive line. So even if they, even if if he was a slight, slightly worse passer than Kyle McCourt, which is yet to be seen when Kyle McCourt goes to Syracuse, will know. Even if he's slightly worse, he is. If Kyle McCourt was a non-factor running the ball, he was almost he was a non-factor even stepping up in the pocket, like. If Common Core had to like step two steps in the pocket, he's going down. <laughs> like, and it's, he's definitely not stepping up and throwing a dynamic pass. So that to me makes it like just completely clear that we have an, we have upgraded in division. Well, whether or not we've upgraded enough to be able to beat the most elite teams, that to me is unknown. I, I don't yeah. know if Will Howard is good enough to have beaten this michigan team that we played last year that's something I, I mean i hope so but i don't know that i do know that it is an upgrade to be able to have similar passing skills 
more experience plus running threat. Well, you know, for me, it boils down to this. Are we more excited if McCord would have stayed and we're basically going to be in year two of him starting or year one of Will Howard starting? And clearly we know the answer to that. Uh, Who's more excited? Syracuse for having Kyle McCord or Ohio State for having Will Howard? I was there to say that it's Ohio State having Will Howard. So, so you know, I know it's not, it's more than about just the vibes. It's more than just about the emotions of the matter. It, you know, when it boils down to the numbers, I mean, you you said I didn't know that they had the same amount of touchdowns uh, this year. If anything, I would have thought Kyle would have had more touchdowns seeing the receiving core he was throwing to, but that's not the case. That was not the case, and so. Uh, really excited to see what um, what Will Howard is going to be able to bring to this offense, more so on the running side of things, uh, the fact of his mobility, uh, as well as the passing. I, I hope that he – I believe that one of the things that, that jumps out to me with this move is the fact that he could have gone to the NFL. From Some experts have said that he could have gone to the NFL and um, you know been drafted, but he decided to come to Ohio State so that he could probably uh, increase his draft stock for uh, for the next year and and move on from there. I mean, we know that Ryan Day has, uh, you know, if you want to put and I'll put Joe Burrow in there because Joe Bur- Joe Burrow uh, went over and congratulated Ryan Day at the Heisman ceremony, um, you know, for part of his success. So Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, we can all – think Ryan Day had a part of their success and where they are now. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely exciting in terms of exciting addition, the most exciting addition to the Buckeyes. I do want to ask you a question on the flip side in terms of those who have departed uh, from Ohio State. Which one, I guess, for you feels like the biggest loss, either whether it's like impact or just like, you know, in terms of a player you like. So that's thinking about Kyle McCord. Uh, I'll give you some options. Uh, Kyle McCord, Evan Pryor, Chip Trainum, Julian Fleming, Amari Abor, Kai Stokes, Cam Martinez. I know it's not <laughs> I know it ain't Cam Martinez. It ain't Cam. This is BIA pod. It ain't Cam no more. It ain't Cam no uh, more. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Joe Royer, the, the tight end. Anyway, so so of those names, um, obviously there could – yeah, of those names, who are, who are you sort of um, – most disappointed in that's leaving or most surprised that's leaving Buckeyes? I would say Evan Pryor. Out of that list, I would say Evan Pryor. I believe that that injury that happened to him last year um, in the offseason is, is it may be comparable to, you know, Blake Corum being hurt and tearing his ACL when he did um, and how he didn't look the same. Um, Evan Pryor – you know, when he got in the game, he did not look like the Evan Pryor when he got in the game, you know, a few seasons ago in garbage time. So uh, I would say him, man. But one person you didn't mention, he who didn't transfer but is going to the league, is Michael Jr. I mean, that first step and just what he, he was able to do uh, on our defensive line, albeit we've talked about this offline, we've got, you know, we've got some some dogs in the – in the uh, uh, waiting you know to to basically cut step in and take his take his spot but uh, i definitely am going to miss him um but 
from the list that you said, Evan Pryor for sure. I mean, it, <clears throat> our running back room um, could have could have used him if if uh, if he was going to be able to get and take get take another off season to figure out a way to uh, to increase his his uh, his game in value. So yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, Evan. Yeah, we lost Evan, we lost Chip, as I mentioned, and we also lost Mike Williams also to the NFL, like Mike Hall. So uh, definitely the running back room took a big hit. Um, I like both of those picks. Evan Pryor is somebody I'm hoping is successful. He won Cincinnati. So not a not a rival, not a real, you know, peer. But I'm so I'm hoping that he does well and Cincinnati does well. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, my transfer actually left him off the list too, not on purpose, but it's great because now I can pick him. And that's Noah Rogers, freshman, <laughs> five-star wide receiver. Oh, uh, man. Just, who just entered the transfer portal. He was somebody I remember during his recruitment was like, NC State was trying so hard to get him. He's from, from the area, and it's like, we got him. I know they were salty, but, you know, this is the way football works now. You just got to wait maybe a year. So losing him is tough. We had three great receivers coming in last year, uh, Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, and Brandon Ennis. And so all three of them, I think, were five stars in at least one of the um, major uh, recruiting platforms. And so Noah Rogers was one who was probably the most under the radar between those three, probably the least talked about, even though he was a great player and, like, the best player in North Carolina. And, you know, it's like he was all of that, but he was just kind of the third-place receiver in his recruiting class for Ohio State and so he kind of never really got over that right so he's not somebody people were talking about a lot during the season he didn't really get I don't I don't remember seeing him play um he played in the spring he was looking good then but he did not really see the field significantly the way that Carnell Tate and even Ennis did so it makes sense why he left but I was really to me he was gonna be like my like dark horse guy like I was gonna be like no Rogers is my guy who I think is gonna be actually uh, have a great career, even though nobody's talking about him. Yeah. So it kind of sucks whenever you see that at Ohio State. I believe he's going to be great um, at NC State, um, but yeah, sad to see, sad to see him never even really get a shot, given who was in front of him. Yeah, I'm. A, I plan on keeping an eye on who, uh, how he does next year. But my qu- the question I have is, who's going to be throwing to him when he goes to NC State? Is Brandon Armstrong coming back? I mean, because if he is, he he's been known to throw to the other team. <laughs> he comes in on yeah. a game-winning drive, on a potential game-winning drive, and it's like the first pass is an interception. So, I'm I'm curious as to I, I kind of felt like that move. I, I definitely feel him on on leaving Ohio State because he wasn't getting any playing time, and I guess he may have been looking at the landscape and like seeing that Heartline uh, rotates three receivers. I hope that's one of the things, man. I hope changes in the in the offseason is their their um just wrote the way that they are going to manage playing young players next year. I, I look at Caleb Downs um for Alabama and how we were in the running for getting Caleb Downs. He went to Alabama and he looks like the best player on minus Dallas Turner. He looks like the best player in their secondary for sure. I mean, he's better than Kool Aid. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I, yeah. And he's their punt returner too, man. It yeah, makes me so mad. Yeah, would he have done that at Ohio State? I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. Because I'm thinking to myself, this year, Proctor would have been playing ahead of him. Lathan Ransom would have been playing ahead of him. Sonny Styles would have been playing ahead of him, and we would have waited to see Caleb in this next year. Um, and that may be one of the reasons why he didn't come come to Ohio State. 
<clears throat> yeah, you know, I think it's interesting because uh, obviously the staff at Ohio State got a lot of slack this year and last year for not playing young guys. Uh, it's tough to know. You know, when you look at Alabama and you see them playing a, f- a true freshman safety, there's a question, right? Did they Were they just low at safety or did – or is are they somehow like more open minded to playing younger guys? We don't know. I mean, this year our safeties played pretty well. Um, so, you know, Proctor. If you had said last year, like would would Caleb have played over Proctor? We would say heck no. But you know, this year I guess it's possible if, if Proctor was playing playing that well. I, I feel like that's an example of some guy who was older who did play, but actually did play very well and was in on a lot of plays, even in the uh, Cotton Bowl, I think. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's certainly somebody. Even there's a couple of players who were playing in the playoff. Uh, Baxter, the, the running back, I think it's CJ Baxter for Texas, was also somebody that we were close for for a while, and then he was getting touchdowns in that game at playing as a true freshman. So there were some there were some true freshmen that we were close on that we did not get in recruiting, and they and they made big plays in the in the playoff games. And yeah, there's a question of like, could they have done that here or? Would they have been behind somebody? But again, even at Texas, they lost two great running backs last year, right? And so versus us, we brought our running backs back. So it's, it's tough to say. That's the one thing that's really tough about players leaving and going. As we're talking about kind of wrap this uh, transfer portal, you know, talk up is that, you know, it's great to get good players. It's great when they stay. But when they do stay, it does mean that players behind them who believe that they are talented, they want to go somewhere else and play now. And so – that's, you know, we got some players that are talking about coming back to Ohio State. Um, we've got Ransom, as you mentioned, the safety. He's supposed to come back. Uh, Jack Sawyer, we think he's going to come back. JTT, I don't think he's coming back. But a lot of people do think he's going to come back. All these are great players. If they come back, there will be more transfers that leave because they're going to say, if Denzel Burke comes back, there's going to be more players who leave who say, you know, if you're uh, Calvin Timpson Hunt, you say, dang, well, I'm third right now in corners. Like, I'm not going to play if if this guy comes back. So that's just a give and take. Um, and you hope that you get the right one. You hope you make the right balance of of the veteran coming back versus still building your your pipeline for younger guys. Yeah. The, the last thing I want to say about the transfer portal is uh, hopefully uh, Mr. Judkins from Ole Miss another old miss transfer this year this uh offseason hopefully um meaning that meaning that we got Igmanosin last year that we get a another old miss transfer this year at running back plus time uh, alone be interesting to see time alone too but the thing about it even with oh with, yeah 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 true with Judkins, if you bring Judkins in dallin hayden should leave i mean dallin hayden literally took a redshirt year this year for the purpose of like hey i'm behind i'm behind henderson and mayan williams I've shown that I'm really talented. I could transfer out. I'm going to basically not play all year. And you now bringing in another transfer is going to be above him. That's you're going to lose him. I, I personally don't know if I will. I mean, Jenkins has, I've seen him play. He plays really well. He's made some great moves. He has a great highlight reel, but I don't know if, again, that's a balance of, am I willing to cut Hayden in order to bring in Jenkins? To me, that answer is, I don't know. Oh, I would say in that scenario, I would say no. But I, I was basing this off of if Henderson leaves. Oh hell yeah, if Henderson, my, if Henderson leaves, yes, definitely. But everything, yeah. everything I've read has been about Henderson staying. Staying. So yeah. that yeah, I hadn't, honestly I hadn't even thought about the fact that Henderson 
could leave. Yes, if Henderson leaves, it absolutely makes sense for Ohio State to have. We need depth because we, we just talked about we lost three running backs from our room last year uh, to the NFL or the transfer portal. So we definitely need another person if Henderson leaves. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll be looking out for both of those announcements coming at the same time. If uh, Henderson's leaving and whether or not Ohio State is looking for more depth in that room in the portal. Yeah, hopefully, and also hopefully Tony Alford is will stop with his secret fight club. Of uh, <laughs> that's the reason why all our running backs are always injured, whatever it is that they do, um, it, to cause their in, them being injured. But uh, yeah, no, that was that, that's good. Um, you know, my 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 smile, my frown is slowly like the Grinch. I know that Christmas is over and everything, but slowly like the Grinch, beginning to form from my frown to a smile slowly uh, as Ohio State is making some of these moves. I know once Parker Fleming is gone, that would be great. Get a new special teams coach in here um, and hopefully some other moves. But, we'll, we'll, you know, a lot of the other podcasts have already mentioned that we're not going to harp on that. We're just obviously commentating on um, on what we want to for the offseason. Uh, so, um, we got one more game. One more game left this year. Um, unfortunately, the team up north is in that game. They are literally four quarters away from being this season's national champions. It, they cannot, cannot. It seems like they cannot lose. They are favored in this game. When I say this, it seems like they cannot lose. They beat Penn State at Penn State. They beat us in the game. They beat Alabama in a season of bad takes by me. And I said a four loss, Bama. That loss counts as three games. <laughs> so they did lose four games this year. Um, they were winning in the fourth quarter, bruh. I don't know. We know what happened, but I don't. I don't know why it happened. Uh, yeah, let's talk about, you know, quickly our, our take on what the team up north versus Washington looks like. Michael Penix Jr. He's got he's gotta bring it home, man. He's beat he's beat them before. He can beat them again. Um I expect for this game to be competitive. I don't want to see a blowout, uh, unless it is a blowout for Washington. Um blowing blowing out the team up north. Um Man, it's just so crazy. Like, again, that one phrase that just keeps on coming back to my mind. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. Them cheating, them doing whatever they did. Connor Stallions in the crowd still. Go ahead. You you want to say something? No, ahead. no. I was just making sure you clarify it. In football, cheating in football. But yeah. Um, oh yeah. It was. Uh, it. It does. It does suck to see. Uh, you know your rival. Um, have anything good <laughs> especially when this is like the one thing that's eluded them uh for essentially a generation uh and they're they're finally at the have a, the chance to do it i'm not somebody who is as a buckeye fan happy for them or think it's good for the rivalry if our rifle also wins a chip you know in this millennium i'd be very very comfortable with them still staying uh back to the shared title in 97. um i think that the game the game itself is going to be really interesting to see just who kind of comes out and 
sets the tone. I hope that Washington gets the ball on offense first and is able to put some points on the board um, and just make Michigan have to play from behind in that game. Uh, we saw that I was working for, for Alabama for most of that game until the very end. Um, and so I think like, I still, I still would, I still would say that Washington's best chance is making JJ McCarthy beat you. Obviously I, I, I watched the game. I saw him have a couple of good throws. I told you when we were watching the game, McCarthy has like three really great throws every game, but not very many more than that. <laughs> so it's like, if you can just limit the impact of those throws, then then you're you're in a good spot so i i'm not gonna bet on this game because i just know my heart my heart is is probably clouding my judgment i i want washington to win i'm going to be rooting for washington i think they definitely have a shot they i mean their their passing attack is is special like it really is and i don't think michigan's gonna be able to contain that all, all game even with a pass rush like they had against alabama so Alabama just doesn't have the receivers. Alabama has one good receiver, um, and Washington has two or three. So I think Washington has a good shot. Um, if I had to put money on it, I would probably put it on the team up north. But I'm just not going to put money on it and just hope and have my rose-colored glasses on and just believe in Michael Penix and Roma Duse um, bringing it home. Well, a <clears throat> little bit of history here. Okay. Back in 97 – Rose Bowl, team up north versus Washington State. That was the last acclaimed title for the team up north was against Washington State. And so looking at now as uh, in the present, they're going up against Washington for what could potentially be their next national championship. Um, also, we were the first winners of the 14 playoff. They could potentially be the last winners of the 14 playoff. It's just like, man, in my mind, when the when the clock turned hits zero, if it's Washington 31, the team up north 30, I would be so happy because that means that they were one point away. And all of those seniors away from <laughs> a national title and they didn't get it. They didn't get it. I, you know, if there is any sort of, I don't, I don't particularly believe in the, uh, you know, I, you know, it's the, what goes around comes around. I do believe that. If, if any of the stuff gave them a, a significant advantage in terms of cheating, I, I, I pray that it comes back around to them in this game. I don't know in what form. I don't, I hope I'm not saying I want anybody to get hurt or anything like that. I'm not saying <laughs> in, in their career. If JJ breaks his leg, they're going to pull this clip up. <laughs> no. I'm talking about a bad. Hugely prayed. Hugely prayed for this. <laughs> I'm talking about. I would get all types of hate mail and 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 whatnot. I'm yeah, talking about be, a bad. They're going to be calling. Call. They're going to be calling you a naysayer. The Michigan fans are going to be calling. calling <laughs> Man, they're gonna be Lincoln. They're gonna be Lincoln. Um, I, I uh, just you know a bad break, bad bounce, just all these things, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a bad break. <laughs> watch them, watch them legs. <laughs> watch them legs, JJ. 
That's the one thing I am worried about. I'm worried about Washington's defense not playing well against this offense that seems to find a way to get it done when they need to, and it stinks. And I know this is probably Harbaugh's last year. Um, a lot of arguments, though, to say that he that this isn't his last year. I do think it is. Same thing with JJ. Um, although I would say that I'm on the side of that that uh, after thinking about this for a few um, few days, I actually do think that JJ should come back. Because depending on the way that this game turns out. Um, but we'll see, man. Um, and and there's a part of me that's like, do I want him to be there next year? Or do I want to go against uh, Orgy next year? And I would for the win, I would much rather go against Orgy. So uh, Justin prefer, prefers. The <laughs> Orgy. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Just want to make sure I'm on the right. Um, but but you know. So yes, I'm. I am my, my pick though. Of, I mean, I know we didn't even talk about making predictions. Obviously, I am rooting for Washington. I hope that they win thirty-one to thirty. <laughs> They're going to beat Michigan thirty-one to thirty uh, on a last-second field goal by by Washington. Um, and so, do you, do you care to to make a prediction at all? <clears throat> um, I mean. Washington forty-two, Michigan twenty-seven. That's one of the the scores from from our rivalry. I uh, I don't know, man. Just just like so just so I can be, be able to just so I can be able to type that to Michigan fans. <laughs> forty-two twenty-seven. Forty-two. Yep, forty-two twenty-seven. But uh, another thing happening, another thing happening on uh, that's supposed to be happening, the announcement of EA Sports's NCAA football. Coming back, I forget the last year. Was it 2014? I believe it was 2014. 2014, um, I look, I, you know, transparency for the audience. I don't have a system right now. I'm working on that. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping uh, and praying that somehow, some way, I'm able to get the PS5. Go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and get this. I guess it would be NCAA 24. Yeah, it's uh, twenty four. No, probably twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. No matter what they call it, no matter who's on the cover, if it's going to be Shador or whatever. I mean, here's the thing: the what main is, thing. What if it's JJ? What if it's JJ? Because <laughs> I mean, as people might know, Denari Robinson, shoelace, uh, the sorriest quarterback in history, was on the cover of NCAA. This last year, and so a Michigan player was on there. The last one, I can. It's kind of a makes sense poetically bookend to have a Michigan player on there again, especially when this is the best Michigan team in you know the last twenty years, whether they win or not this game. Uh, so that is definitely possible. I want to for all Buckeye fans listening, you may have. I didn't buy the one with Denard on it, <laughs> but you may have to uh, in this case buy a Michigan player on the cover. If it's I don't care, if it's Blake Corum, if it's JJ, I'm still. What if it's, what if it's Harbaugh? I'm, what if it's Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> it's not gonna. They're not gonna put. They're not gonna put Jim. What Harbaugh if it's Connor? What if it's Connor? What if it's Connor Stout? <laughs> in a Central Michigan shirt. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, in his glasses. Um, the one thing, the one thing I'm looking forward to, I'll say, is just getting back into, um, to seeing what the not the franchise mode, but the. Uh, what do you call it? Like, I dynasty? guess the, the dynasty mode. 
Yes. Getting back to seeing what that's going to be like, bruh, I am looking forward to that. And I am happy that uh, we are starting off our dynasty with Will Howard next year. Um, and one other thing, too, I, if they're able to get some pass players or you're able to unlock some teams that were um, playing um, since the hiatus of the game, if they're able to pull that off, that would be tight, bro. That would be tight. That is cool. So what, what are you looking forward to with NCAA? Um, I'm definitely looking forward. What I, I used to love to do is be able to play big matchups that are happening. So like on a on a Friday night before, you know, Oregon is playing Washington, being able to like play that game, set it to the same time in the same like stadium and all the conditions and then just like play that game, try to simulate it. That's that's to me is like really fun. So I'm looking forward to with all the big matchups we're going to talk about, you know, on throughout the week and then being able to, to play some of them just for fun and trying to see how that works out. Uh, that's to me going to be the most exciting thing that I, that I do. But yeah, that your idea just now about the classic teams I've heard about, but the idea of specifically making it classic teams from that 10 year gap is really, I think a great idea uh, that would give us at least, you know, a national championship team in there that we could play with. Um, and, um, you know, just some other some other fun teams, other fun players who we never got to actually play with um, who would be pretty exciting. So, yeah, that's a that's a fun, a fun idea. Hopefully they're listening. The only thing I ask EA Sports, please don't assume that <laughs> a, uh, a, a non, I guess, popular black player has locks. Stop putting <laughs> <laughs> locks. Stop putting locks on a player's as a player's hairdo just because. <laughs> I, I I think that they I, I pray that they have come further than that. But they probably have at least one black person in the uh, boardroom now, <laughs> so they may be able. They may have uh, someone to be like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, there's more than two hairstyles. So I think that's the issue. They're like, okay, we can't have everybody have the same hairstyle. So we got two. We got the shortcut Caesar and we got the dreads hanging out the back of the uh, the ponytail, hanging out the back of the helmet. Yeah, they'll be interesting to see. I mean, you probably can be like customized players. And there's a lot of of games now focused on like trying to get like you in the game. And so they have a lot of customization. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about trying to win a, a defensive Heisman. I know when you had the game, I kept trying to get you to, to go on that quest to try to get a defensive Heisman, yeah. you refused or you failed and didn't tell me about it. I was it. close. But I want to get a defensive Heisman as my created player or, you know, my player that I have in that in that mode. So that'll be something that'll be uh, fun to go for. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is season one of the BIA podcast. Uh, we're going to be brainstorming in the offseason how to make this better, how to make this show um greater than what it is now and we appreciate and applaud all of our friends on the pod um those we reach out to um those who we talk with uh on a regular basis and we uh ask that you guys all share you know in the future share the the episodes um again rate the shows not about to go through all the social media handles because i don't remember right now (laughs) but if you know you know if you know you know so with that i'm hugey that's Philly Phil. OH. IO. Go Bucks.